Hey everyone, you're listening to the Chester County Igniters Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and this is the show where our community's brightest minds help you accomplish your goals in the areas of business, relationships, and life. Each week, we feature a guest from the Chester County business community to share their advice and ignite your potential. So join me as we welcome this week's Chester County Igniter. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm with Frank Lockery, a partner at Willard Cranick Misangelo, Certified Public Accountants, or WKM. Uh, they're a CPA firm located in Exton who have been in business for over 35 years. Frank has been there for over 10 years and also serves on the audit committee for a local nonprofit. He specializes in tax returns, small business, and nonprofit accounting. Frank, welcome to the show. Sean, happy to be here. Thanks for having me today. So I want to talk a little bit about small business owners. This can include entrepreneurs, business owners, independent contractors, uh, people who have home-based businesses and stuff like that, and kind of talk about what they need to do to make sure their accounting, their financial life is just a little less stressful. (laughs) Sure, sure, yeah. And uh, we we deal with a lot of small businesses, uh, and I really enjoy starting off with someone starting their business because uh, I think what a lot of people do, Sean, is... They see how easy it is to start a business, and they go out there and say, okay, I want to start my LLC. Mm -hmm. And they'll go on Google and type in how to create an LLC, and 10 minutes later, they have their their business. Um, And that's that's great that there's that option out there to do that. But what I see happen sometimes is a lot of people kind of fall into some some pitfalls that can really come back to haunt them later on. So uh, I think it's important that entrepreneurs, small businesses, even just independent contractors, you know, they really get things set up uh, to start with. And I'll give one example of that. I I had a client come in a, a few weeks ago, and they said, Frank, I started an LLC, but I went to the bank and they told me that my business didn't exist. So so I said, okay, well, what did you do? Uh, He said, I went online, I went to the IRS website, I I signed up for my EIN, uh, which is employer identification number. He said, I got that. I excitedly went down to my bank to open my bank account. uh, And that's when they told me that the entity didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So where they went wrong there is that the LLC is actually not even recognized as a separate type of entity by the IRS. So it's something that's set up by state statute. Okay, so the LLC is... So when you fill out an, uh, an LLC, you're filing that with the state, not with the federal that's, IRS. That's correct. And that's okay. what's going to give you that liability protection. So you want to get all your paperwork done with the state. You want to get that mm-hmm. set up. And then you go online and you get your EIN, you open your bank account and all of that. And Here's a dumb question. The sure. EIN is a federal thing? It's like basically... You file that with the federal. There's no state EIN? There's a state account number, but yeah, the EIN is basically a business equivalent of a social security number for an individual. Gotcha. So yeah, and what could have happened in this situation, if if this guy didn't end up going to the bank and realizing that this entity didn't exist, if he didn't come to me and ask for assistance on this, maybe 15 years down the road, he gets sued for something and realizes at that point he didn't have the liability protection that he thought he did. Right. So, because... An individual can have an EIN, can request and get an EIN? That's correct, yes. So a, a <laughs> sole proprietorship. Doing, yeah, so, so you can be a sole proprietor and still have an EIN or go onto the website, say, hey, I want an EIN, and they'll pump out, give you a number, but it's not really doing you any good 
if you don't really have the actual structure set up right. That's correct. And to take that back one step again, so LLC isn't recognized by the IRS as a separate business. So if you're the, the sole member of an LLC, you're actually considered a sole proprietor for federal tax purposes. Which makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about it. So what, at what point do you... So, so if you're the sole member, meaning the sole owner of an LLC, then you're basically a sole proprietor f or federally. Um, so in order for that to change would be you would have to restructure with, if you're bringing in a partner or selling a piece of the business, then you would have to restructure, restructure that LLC. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, now I know there's only so much you can say about different business structures because you're not a lawyer, right? Yes. That's so a good thing to get out of the way. Legal advice, <laughs> so nothing here can be construed as legal advice. Um, but you can give a little, you can talk, speak a little bit about the accounting and tax benefits of each different structure or so. Generally, LLC is what most people are dealing with, correct? Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up, Sean. That, that's a really good point, and that's something else that a lot of entrepreneurs don't take into account when they're setting up their business. Mm -hmm. And of course, LLC is gonna be that easiest way to go, and a lot of times it's the right way to go, but there's other factors to consider there. Um, and you, you can have an LLC yourself, you can have one with multi-members, you could set up an S-Corp, and the difference in these is gonna be, depending on how flexible you want the business to be, is gonna be one big benefit. An LLC or a partnership are, are gonna be way more flexible than a corporation. Mm -hmm. uh, a traditional corporation, you're gonna run into double taxation. Mm -hmm. So that's a, a major downfall there, but some of the positives are you can write off some costs that you otherwise wouldn't normally be able to. Uh, in an S-corporation, one of the, the big benefits there is actually the, the profits aren't subject to self-employment tax, uh, okay. which is one big surprise that I think a lot of people going from employment to self-employment get on their first year filing taxes. Not only are they paying federal income tax, but they're getting hit with self-employment tax as well. Uh, in an S-corporation, you're an employee of the corporation, so you're being paid a salary from them. Mm -hmm. uh, but then whatever profit's left over isn't going to be subject to that additional tax, which turns out to be a little over 15%. So that can be a big savings there. The self-employment tax, does that include Social Security? It's basically a replacement for Social Security and Medicare. Okay. So when you're an employee and you're taking wages, you're paying an employee portion of that, and then the employer is paying a portion of that as well. When you're self-employed, you're paying both sides of that. It also has something to do, too, with whether or not you want to sell shares at some point, correct? Like That's true. A corporation is a lot easier to sell shares and bring them, you know, sell parts of the business to raise, inc raise capital, whereas an LLC or an S-Corp makes that difficult or harder or... It can, and yeah. that's a, another good point. And I had a client who had organized as an LLC, and they wanted to go seek funding through venture capital. Mm -hmm. And a venture capital firm isn't going to want to invest in an LLC, which is a pass-through entity. They want that traditional corporate structure. So that's just another consideration when you're, when you're starting that out. And this really is important, and having that initial structure set up properly, you know, I, I see clients come in, and they're set up as an LLC, and they're paying themselves a salary, thinking that that's going to be the best thing for them to do, and in fact, I just had a, a new client come in, that was a situation, we ran some uh, projections, and basically just by them not taking salary and taking draws from the business, they were going to save about $1,500 this year. 
and not to mention the, the, the payroll processing fees and things like that. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. Um, now, just to shift a little bit, real quick, let's talk a little bit about your background. So you've been working at WKIM. K- I keep wanting to add like another letter in there. I think it's the radio thing. WKAM. Uh, WKM for the past 10 years. Now, did you start off as a partner or an accountant or a, a CPA or kind of what was your trajectory through that and what was your background in before that? Yeah, so I'm a Westchester grad, Sean, yeah. as you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, right out of, uh, out of college, I had the interview at, at WKM, ended up starting there. It's actually been a little over 12 years at this point. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so yeah, went in there, started taking, studying for the CPA exam. Uh, eventually got that out of the way. Came up as an accountant there about three years ago or so, an opportunity presented itself for me to, to come into the partnership. Uh, so I've been a partner there ever since. Yeah. Now, have you always been good with finances and money? Because, <laughs> I mean, we were all like college students at one point. <laughs> I'll say I've always been good with numbers. Okay. I, I won't say I've always been good with money. Uh, you know, I was a, a typical college kid like, like anybody else. And... I think getting into the accounting world really helped with that because, you know, I wasn't monitoring my bank account. I was paying my overdraft fees because I wasn't paying attention and all of that. Uh, but I've always been good with numbers. It's why I gravitated to accounting in the first place. Uh, one thing about accounting that I really like is there's, there's a logical aspect to it. Everything kind of fits together. Uh, but at the same time, there's also somewhat of an art to it as well, especially when you know the tax laws and and tax and even in accounting, you can get creative with it. You can really squeeze out a a maximum benefit by looking at things, not just analytically, but uh, having a little bit of creativity in there as well. Oh yeah, totally. And nowadays it seems more important than ever. Now that we've gotten some shifts in the tax structure, people don't really know what's going on. People are freaking out because their withhold their withholdings are all different than they used to be. The standard deductions completely changed, right? It, it's been a crazy year, yeah. And, and we <laughs> we try to make sure we stay on top of our clients and make sure they they know what's coming. But the fact is, some things are out of our control. Some things are out, are out of their control as well. And yeah, there, there were some surprises this year that uh, taxpayers weren't happy with. And the, the crazy thing is, these new tax law changes are set to sunset in 2025. And not right. to get into that too much, but I mean, we may see a situation where in eight years, we go back to 2017 tax law. Right, right, interesting. I wanted to bring you in and talk about what are the areas that, let's just say you're, I don't want to say typical entrepreneur, but you're, you're sole proprietor. What are the things that common mistakes that you see that they're making? What do they need to know when it comes to keeping good books and good accounting practices that they should be aware of? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we do see that a lot. And not only when someone comes in with a, a messy set of books or a shoebox, you know, which, which actually does happen. People show up with shoeboxes with unopened mail for the entire year. And, and what happens in that situation is not only are they paying a, a CPA to essentially open their mail for them, uh, but it doesn't really allow me to do my job, to do what I can do best, because I'm spending more time than trying to get things cleaned up, 
Uh, whereas I could be spending time on value-added things and really analyzing things and, and helping them make decisions that are going to benefit their business. And these people, are, they're probably more stressed out, but like every big expense becomes like a debate, whereas you know, when you're organized, you know how much money you have to go towards different things. And, you know, most, of, I feel like most uh, independent contractors, freelancers or whatnot are just kind of like, well, let's just hope I get to the point where it doesn't matter so much. <laughs> but in reality, it matters more when you get to that point. Entrepreneurs or, or people just starting out in business, you know, they have their idea, they have what they do well, their service, and, and they go out and kind of hit the ground running, and the bookkeeping kind of gets left by the wayside. Yeah. And, and that's definitely a problem. And I think the most important thing is just track it. You know, there's a multitude of different accounting softwares that you can go out there and find. Uh, quick Google search can, can help you with that. Mm. And um, what we see the most of, of course, is, is QuickBooks. That's mm -hmm. by far the most popular software package out there. It does a lot of things really well. It does, uh, it does them inexpensively. And by the way, Sean, I'm, I'm not involved with, with QuickBooks in any way. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm you know, not trying to push their service. But really anything that you can get into. There, there's other ones out there. Wave is another good one. A yeah. lot of their services are actually free. Uh, right. Whereas in QuickBooks, you're going to be paying at minimum $7 per month. Uh, right. Yeah, QuickBooks, FreshBooks was one that came out. And then Wave is, I think it's free still, but uh, and co. I mean, I've seen all these different like things. I don't use any of them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, price is no longer a barrier. Now we're just getting into straight up organization and discipline. Um, I mean, for me, a Google spreadsheet has completely, like, it's the only thing that's, that's worked for me personally. I don't know how often you see that. Um, or I guess any kind of spreadsheet. It's nice having a Google one because I can just grab it whenever I need it and then send it over to my tax preparer or something like that. Um, is there any benefit to the accounting software that you've seen that help, like, tangibly making life better for the entrepreneur? So what I'll say is that there's nothing wrong with using a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong. I mean, Sean, we have clients that still use pencil and paper. There, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that as long as you're tracking it, okay? And, you know, if you're kind of more in that independent contractor type mm -hmm. world and your expenses are minimal, you're getting paid maybe by one entity throughout the year in which you're receiving a 1099 for or something like that, then I think going the spreadsheet route is fine. There, there's really nothing wrong with that. But when you start getting involved in, and you're really running your own business now, maybe you're invoicing your clients, you need something in place that's going to be able to help you manage that. Because, mm -hmm. And I've taken over clients before who uh, it was a, a consulting business. We took them over. And they were entering things pretty well, but they weren't really monitoring it, right? right? So they had some accounts receivable. They had no idea what their, their customers even owed them. And that was kind of one thing where, okay, if you're using a QuickBooks or a FreshBooks or a Wave, that's going to be able to, to track that for you. As long as you're entering transactions as they occur, if you're invoicing your clients or your customers, that's going to go into your accounts receivable module. And that's something that you should be looking at every month then. And I think even that's something that people in business miss and they could be accelerating their own cash flow by paying attention to this a little bit more closely. Uh, so I would say once you know, you're, you're really 
picking up, you're doing some business, you should have a bank account open in the name of your business. Mm -hmm. uh, you should have that set up. And all of these accounting softwares, most of them are, have a, a cloud-based product. All the ones we're talking about here certainly do. So one big objection that people have is, um, yeah, I can keep track of all this, but I just use credit cards and everything's done online, so my bank keeps track of that or my credit card keeps tra track of that. What would be some of the pros and cons with that mindset? Well, a, a pro is it's pretty hands-off. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, a con is that you're not going to be on top of your, your numbers. And I mean, it, it's a cliche, but if you don't know how you're spending your money, you're, you're never going to get on, on track with your finances. There's going to be a lot of missed opportunities as well. So if you're on top of stuff and you know exactly what your bottom line is and maybe say uh, in September or October, you can go to your CPA or do a little tax projection yourself and see whether or not it might be beneficial for you to buy some equipment towards the end of the year to take advantage of that tax deduction, or maybe it'll be good to contribute to a retirement plan or something like that. Mm -hmm. If you don't have good numbers, you're not going to be able to make good decisions about your business. If you don't have good numbers, maybe you're going to miss expenses that are coming up. You know, if you have payroll and you miss payroll, then, of course, now you have some unhappy employees. If you have sales tax, if you have payroll taxes, if you have income taxes, and you're getting behind on these things, or credit card payments, and now you're paying interest, and with the taxes, you're going to get into a hole with interest and penalty, and these things have a tendency to snowball. Small business owners are, are kind of notorious for letting these things go as they're working in their business. They want to run their business, mm -hmm. but it's so important to stay on top of these things. And we see situations where people will come to us after several years of not dealing with unpaid sales tax, unpaid payroll taxes, unfiled tax returns. And the longer that they wait, the worse the situation gets. And I think the first step in rectifying that kind of situation is tracking your day-to-day -day operations uh, in a timely fashion in a way that makes sense for you. Now, I know you can only share so much, but you do have a couple good stories, I'm pretty sure. So what would be a story of someone who didn't even realize that they were losing money by, and then, you know, by not talking to you? Yeah, so I'll hit on a, a couple different scenarios here. The first one was a, a client who was doing some contracting work uh, mm -hmm. as a, a teacher. She was getting paid as a contractor, though, and didn't realize that by virtue of being paid a, as a contractor on a 1099, that she could write off expenses against that. Mm -hmm. uh, she thought, well, I would need to set up an LLC or something like that. That's not the case. By her being paid as a contractor, she essentially has her own small business. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. And so we were able to look at that and say, okay, well, were you driving for this business? Did you buy supplies? And things like that. And we were able to go back and amend her last couple of years worth of tax returns and get her some money back. So that was a situation where not only was she not tracking, but she didn't even realize that she should be. Um, so you can even go back and amend returns that they already you can. missed out on. You can. It's, agree. It's, a, it's an easy process, too, and that's a, something a lot of people don't realize. Mm -hmm. But you can go back three years from the original filing deadline. Okay. Um, and to return, you can take deductions that were missed, fix anything, and 
as far as I know, the IRS doesn't place you under any additional scrutiny. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a good thing to know. Another situation was we had a client who started their own business, went out, started doing the work, not realizing that the services that they were doing were subject to Pennsylvania sales tax. Oh, okay. So that was something, and so they were so they should have been charging the customer, but now yes. they owed the money for that sales tax. Exactly. And to to answer your question there. Most services are not subject to sales tax, okay. right? If you have a, a retail location and you're selling product, I think most people know that those types of things are subject to, to sales tax. You go in and buy whatever you're paying, 6% or 8% in Philadelphia, as it is. Yeah. <laughs> but there are certain services that are subject as well, one of which is, is certain landscaping services, certain photography mm. services, and things like that where if you don't realize that and you're not tacking that onto your invoices and charging your customers for it, Pennsylvania is going to come in later. They're going to realize when you're filing your tax returns and say, okay, we see that on your Schedule C, you're a landscaping business. Where's our sales tax for that? And that's going to kind of land you in some hot water. All right, so true or false, cash businesses don't have to pay taxes. (laughs) (laughs) That, that's a big false right there. <laughs> now, cash businesses are great because you can manipulate the numbers. Right. And manipulate sounds bad, but it's completely legal, right? So You can work with the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. But at the end of the year, if you're a cash basis taxpayer, you can accelerate deductions. Uh, you know, if you have some bills coming up in January, pay those. Date those checks December 31, make sure those payments go through. You could be getting payments in towards the end of the year. If someone pays you by check, maybe you don't deposit that until the 1st of July. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you want to be careful with. If someone pays you on December 1st, you really shouldn't be holding that check until January 1st. But if it's towards the end of the year, you can not manipulate. You can kind of play with those numbers and, and get a more desired outcome for you completely under the letter of the law. And that's another thing where if you have everything in place, all your numbers, you know what they are, you're going to be able to make those decisions much better. Okay, cool. Um, like when, when should they be looking at hiring a bookkeeper? When should they be looking at hiring an accountant? What are, what's the scope of services that a CPA would perform? Sure. So uh, to answer your question of when... A small business owner should start considering bringing in a professional. I think that's day one where they say, I want to open my small business. I think okay. it's really important to have someone in there, even if the accountant or maybe an attorney, or maybe they just have an advisor who, who's been through this type of business before. Uh, it's important to have someone in there to, to be able to steer them in the right direction so when they're setting up the company, they're not falling into some of these traps that we talked about a little earlier. Uh, as far as what, what we would do as a CPA firm, so we're a full-service CPA firm. Mm-hmm. We do tax work, and a lot of people look at tax work anymore. This is just straight compliance-based but kind of going back to what I was saying before about this being, there's an art to it as well. And I think that's where some of the value can be added just to be able to look at something and advise the the business owner what a good strategy going forward would be. 
You know, so we're doing tax work. We do bookkeeping services as well. And that can mean anything for a small business owner. We can be out at their offices once a week and recording transactions and paying bills for them and making their deposits for them. Or we could be out there once a month or once a quarter and just reviewing what they've done and, and maybe helping reconcile end of quarter numbers and things like that. So it depends on what level that the, the small business needs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, we're absolutely happy to help with any kind of bookkeeping service or anything like that. Are there any businesses that are too small? Like I'm thinking of multi-level marketing, love it or hate it. Some people, you know, it is very easy to open up a business, um, but it's very simple. If you're dealing with multiple streams of income or multiple streams of expenses, which is a lot of them end up being, is it still good to talk to a professional? Yeah, absolutely. And the examples that you give where it's a small contract or a multi-level marketing person, like we kind of mentioned earlier, that is still someone that owns their own small business, right? right? So that's going to have tax implications. That's going to have financial implications. And it's something where even the question of, should I open up an LLC? Mm-hmm. Uh, how is this going to impact my tax, my taxes at the end of the year? Those are good questions to ask. And I think it's really important that they have a, a CPA in place. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now, if someone does have these questions, if they are reconsidering either their current CPA or they don't have one, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Sure. So uh, they can check out our website. It's mm-hmm. www.wkco.com. Uh, right, our, so that's wkco.com. Correct. Uh, my email address, people are, are can feel free to email me directly. I love getting questions from uh, from small business owners, uh, my email is F as in Frank, L-O-U-G-H-R-Y, and that's at WKCO.com. All right. Or they can call our Exxon office and our phone number is 610-363-5200. Awesome. All right, Frank. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it, and I hope this uh, benefits people. I hope that uh, people, listeners are able to get something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope this really kind of points out why it's important to, to have an advisor in the early stages of setting up your business and uh, some of the things that, that small business owners can look for when they're getting off the ground. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Sean.